Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hello, thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Uh, we're going to be going through some pretty neat stuff. So, if you're new to our podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, or if you are new to our Facebook live stream, or if you're new on YouTube, I am Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and a certified medical laser safety officer. Uh, I've been doing laser therapy for a lot of years now, and uh, laser therapy for everything from uh, not only musculoskeletal conditions and pain to neurological pain, uh, and then what we're going to talk about today, oral health and oral problems as well. And Christy is joining me. She's a certified laser tech. She's done laser for many years also. And uh, she is also a big part of producing some of our Laser Therapy Institute content, which is our training service for doctors that want to perform light and laser therapies in practice. So if you know a doctor who wants to get involved with laser therapy, connect them with Laser Therapy Institute. We'll be able to help get them started down the right path with the right equipment and the right settings, the right kind of training. Definitely. So that they can be productive in practice and get good results for their patients because that's what it's all about. That is. Okay, so what we like to do on the podcast is highlight research. And so today we're actually talking about a 2020 study. Uh, so just about a year old now. And this this is uh, this is titled photobiomodulation, and that's a that's a difficult long word. But photobiomodulation is just a different word for light therapy, laser therapies. Uh, it's it's means that we're using light or photo photo photons to stimulate the biology of the body and stimulate a positive change. Usually, we're stimulating the natural healing mechanisms of the body. So. The full title of the study is Photobiomodulation Dose Parameters in Dentistry, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. And I'm sure that has you on the edge of your seat just so excited, right? Yes, yes. It's a very dry title. Um, uh, The content is huge. The content actually is huge. And so this study talks a lot about what kind of dosing you should use for laser therapy to get good success in a lot of different mouth and oral conditions. Now, most patients are not going to really care about what kind of dose needs to be used. Uh, So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're really going to use some of the other content of the study to talk about some of the things that laser can be used for when it comes to oral health. And so there's a big list here that they talk about. I'll run down the list, and we'll get into each each one as we go. This is different than, you know, laser therapy where you're doing surgery and that sort of thing. Because in the mouth, you think, wait... What kind of laser are you using in my mouth, and how are you doing it? So I just wanted to say That's we're not we're not cutting anything. Mm-hmm. It's just the light doing the doing the work. Right, exactly. That's a very good point. Yeah, especially if you're new to us here, we're not talking about laser surgeries. There are dental lasers that can be used to replace a drill. You know, a lot of times when people think about dental problems, you think cavities or root canals. You know, mm-hmm. um, where there's a lot of other things that can happen though with the mouth um, that we're going to talk about here. And there are sometimes some surgical procedures that need to be done. There are other times medications that should be used. But here we're talking about using non-invasive, non-damaging light and lasers Mm -hmm. to deliver a low dose that stimulates a healing process. Um, And so there's actually a lot of application for this 
type of type of therapy with a lot of things that dentists see but then in, even in primary care it's a big right. deal too and, and right. cancer care as we'll see as we go through this so let me, let me go through the list nice. um, to talk about some of the conditions that we're going to cover today so um, starting at the top here we have burning mouth syndrome xerostomia you know what that is i don't ah. what is that <laughs> it is excessive dry mouth okay nope Say that, and I know what that. Yeah, uh, exactly. But no, we got we got to throw an X in there, so it looks really cool. Can't exactly. just be dry mouth. No. <laughs> uh, lichen planus, oral lichen planus, postoperative pain or swelling after a wisdom tooth extraction, mm-hmm. oral mucositis, and orthodontic tooth movement. Hmm. which is quite interesting. Sounds interesting. So orthodontics is things like braces right. or Invisalign, things like that. Right. Um, and we'll go through each one of these, but these are really a lot of different topics and a lot of stuff that, that people are bothered with that sometimes there's some really good solutions out there and then other times there, there really isn't, right? right. Um, so we're going to talk about laser therapy's use in these different conditions. Let's talk about the conditions first, though. Number one is going to be burning mouth syndrome. What does that sound like to you? Painful, for one. <laughs> yes. Um, just uncomfortable, uh, probably blisters, things like okay. that. So it's it's a, it's a actually not blisters, but painful. So it's a okay. ongoing uh, or recurrent burning sensation within the mouth. There's no obvious uh, like lesions or sores or anything like that. Usually affects the tongue, often will affect just one part of the tongue okay. or like the inside of one cheek. Uh, can be the gums or the roof of the mouth, like the, the soft palate, or it can even be like the entire mouth. There's not really any any good, um, any well-understood mechanism for why it happens. Um, so it's not like drinking a cup of coffee and you burn your mouth. Exactly. Yeah, we're not talking about a burn. This is actually more than that. Yes, yes, that's that's a good good way to put point that out too. Because yeah, it's not like a a burn from drinking something that's a little bit too hot. You know, we're talking about a syndrome where there's no obvious damage, but the patient has a lot of this really miserable sensation of burning, and, and there's nothing really obvious about it. Um, there there are a lot of times. Uh, it's just labeled an idiopathic disease, which means we don't really know what's causing it. We think it might be related to the uh, same thing as like fibromyalgia, where the nerves are misfiring and they're mishandling blood flow, but nobody really knows. It's and so most of these cases, it's just unknown. Now it can be tied into other um, other conditions that are going on in the mouth, other oral health problems, or even medications. But for most people, if they have burning mouth syndrome, you know it is a pretty rare disorder. But in a lot of cases, it is just completely idiopathic. We don't know what's causing it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, there are some things to look at with that, you know, making sure you don't have, you're not using like a, um, a, a toothpaste or an oral product that is bothering you. Mm-hmm. Maybe checking medications to make sure there's not a medication that could be irritating the nerves of the mouth. There's a lot of nerves there. Right. Um, and, and then anything else, like if you have a bridge installed or other oral hardware that's there, dental hardware, um, you know, that could be creating like almost like an allergic reaction. Right. That's how some people describe this too, as almost like a, like a burning, itching, hot, like if you, if you ever had like a skin reaction to something. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's nothing else you can do. Not really. You know, there's, there's, you can do sometimes a, um. They have, uh, I'm looking at it here because I've, I've not ever prescribed anything for this, you know, obviously. Um, let's see. 
One of the things that you you can do is you can try some of the like numbing washes in the mouth, mm-hmm. but those are very very temporary. Um, well, and they can cause more discomfort as well mm-hmm. if they react with the you know the open sore, if you will. Yeah. Well, in this case, we don't have any open sores, but very sensitized nerve endings, right? right? Uh, and so, yeah, and it's a temporary agent. Uh, sometimes there there can be some medications for nerve pain that do work, but that's I mean then you're on a medication for nerve pain. Those are never really a hundred percent effective, but it might take the edge off. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one of the things that this study does cover as being pretty darn effective to use laser therapy with. So you can actually use the laser inside and on the outside of the mouth. And in a lot of cases, you can see some pretty good resolution pretty quickly. The real key is if something is triggering it, you got to get rid of the trigger first. So you've got to dig for the trigger if there is something going on, if you're on a medication that's causing it, or if again, oral dental hardware that's continuously agitating the nerves you might even be allergic to. If that's going on, laser therapy is only going to again be a temporary relief. But for a lot of people with this disorder, uh, we see that even out, kind of settle down those hyperactive nerve endings and makes a big difference, usually on the long term. No, it's not uncomfortable when you put a laser in the mouth. Right, uh, and, and no, no more than putting your finger in your mouth, I guess. Uh, <laughs> sometimes there's a little bit of warmth, but we're not talking about you know applying a lot of heat in mm-hmm. there. You know, um, and, you talk about dosage, and it's very low, mm-hmm. very very minimal yeah exactly you know it's a small area relatively and so you don't need a, a huge amount of light going in there um, you don't need uh, anything that's going to cause a lot of heat or, or tissue destruction of course that's not what we're looking for we're looking to stimulate a kind of evening out of the immune system because the immune system in a lot of cases like this is what is creating some of these symptoms and so if you can balance out the immune system and the nervous system dysfunction that's going on there the pain goes down too so you know in this case we're not just covering up the pain with medication like gabapentin we're actually resolving what's creating the pain in the first place you know and that's that imbalance um xerostomia dry mouth that's our next one next one on the list so Dry mouth is many, many times a medication issue. Um, It's it's a lot of times causing medication. There's not a lot of times where it is just random, kind of like burning mouth. is. We we don't really know what's going on. Most cases of dry mouth are related to a medication or a treatment that's being done or something else that's going on. You know, it's an after effect, Um, especially cancer treatments. Right. So somebody's getting cancer treatment, like radiation of the head and the neck, mm-hmm. um, uh, sometimes even chemotherapy. What happens is the, sal- the salivary glands just stop working as well. They stop producing saliva, and so you end up with this really significant amount of you know, dryness, irritation. The mouth is meant to stay moist, right? Right. So I, I know there are uh, mouthwashes or, or mm-hmm. whatever you can use for dry mouth, but... Yeah. I'm curious how laser therapy helps right helps that for a longer term. Well, like you mentioned, there's mouthwashes. There there are some things you can you can do there, um, but those again are going to be temporarily kind of affecting the symptoms because the real problem is that the salivary glands have either been damaged or inhibited by whatever medication is going on or radiation therapy has affected those right. salivary glands and they're not as active, so they they're not producing saliva as much as they should, and there actually are problems if that is ongoing. 
So if that keeps going, you can get some uh, yeast infections. You can have sores that open up in the mouth. I mean, there's because the mouth is meant to stay moist. And so right. using those rinses can definitely be a helpful thing, you know, but it's not going to necessarily resolve the problem. It's masking it more. Yes. Rather than helping your body do what it's supposed to do. Right. And that's where laser comes in. Mm-hmm. So you can apply a low-dose laser treatment to the salivary glands directly, right through the skin. Through the skin. Right through the skin. And you can stimulate improvement of those salivary glands in producing saliva. Now, it usually takes some time Mm -hmm. because we're not just trying to reduce pain. In this case, we're trying to stimulate the gland to work better. Mm -hmm. So while a lot of people will notice a difference after just a couple of treatments, a lot of times it takes a series of treatments to kind of build those salivary glands back up to where they need to be. And the nice thing is... You can do this even while you still are doing, say, radiation treatments for cancer. Okay. So, so you can no conflict. Exactly. What's going on? Whereas a lot of other times you have um, salivary gland problems. You're on like radiation or chemotherapy. You can't add other medications in just right. for fun, you know, right. or, or or try to change something there. They might inhibit one another. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Some people even find that dry mouth ends up leading to one of the other problems that we mentioned here, and that's oral mucositis. That's another cancer-related condition where you get all these kind of like cold sores. Right. But, I mean, really severe to the point where a lot of times people can't eat, can't drink, that kind of thing. Miserable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty miserable. So, um, you know, dry mouth just tends to lead right into that. And oral mucositis is a very, very cancer-focused problem. Um, And it becomes really significant when you start talking about kids that are undergoing radiation um, for for cancer. And it, it can straight up mean that you have to stop the cancer treatments to let the mouth recover because, I mean, they can't eat, can't drink. Um, and so keeping someone on their chemotherapy or their radiation regimen is important to treat their cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not able to continue that because of problems like, you know, this dry mouth or also a dry mouth that can lead to oral mucositis, mm-hmm. then you're inhibiting the whole process of trying to treat that cancer. And, you know, you talk about kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to understand, but... Light therapy, photobiomodulation. Mm-hmm. Good job. Twister. It is yeah. a little bit. <laughs> it's safe for kids. Yeah. For, for people of all ages. Oh, yeah. It's not something that only adults can can be treated with light therapy. You can do this if you're nine months old. You can do this on, on babies. You can do it on somebody who's 99 years old. We And we have. We have both extremes, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it is totally safe. It's completely comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you can usually see benefits with oral mucositis, which is all the, you know, tons and tons of sores, mouth, mm-hmm. tongue, and so forth. And you usually see those benefits just within the first couple of days. So it really wow. cuts down on the suffering, gets kids mm-hmm. back or whoever, you know, whoever, whatever cancer patient is, gets them back to where they can, uh, you know, begin eating and hopefully stay on their cancer treatment regimen. Right. Right. I mean, it's hard enough for adults, but mm-hmm. when it's kids, that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. You don't want to see them suffer and you want to no. see them, you know, go through their cancer treatment and do well. Right. So. Right. Next one on our list is oral lichen planus. Do you know what that one is? She didn't know I was going to quiz her today. No. <laughs> I, I want to guess what lichen planus is, but I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> yep. So it's 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 not anything contagious. Mm-hmm. It is white and kind of lacy red patches 
um, which can become open sores in the mouth. It is an immune system disorder. Okay. So uh, it's where the immune system kind of goes crazy and starts attacking the mucous membranes of the mouth. And so you can get these uh, inflammatory lesions that open up. They're sensitive when you try to eat anything is you know anything acidic especially, um, but they can last for a very very long time. Um, so you'll see kind of lacy white raised patches as mm-hmm. well as red tender patches, and those can if they go on long enough they can actually become open sores as well. It's very painful, or pretty miserable. Um, it can be the inside of the cheeks, which is the most common area. But it can also be on the gums, on the tongue, uh, inside of the lips. I've actually seen someone post this on Facebook, you know, what is mm. this? And it makes me think that that could be what it was. Yeah. You know, it, this is this is a lot more common um, than burning mouth syndrome, which mm. we were talking about a minute ago. Um, and again, it's not like any kind of um, contagious disease or anything. It's this reaction mm-hmm. of the body. And so there's a lot of different things that can set it, kind of set it off. Like any autoimmune disorder, you can be maybe allergic to something, not even know it. You can have an injury that sets it off. Or if you already have autoimmune disorders, a lot of times lichen planus will go along with this. And that's things like rheumatoid arthritis um, or or lupus. You know, some of these autoimmune conditions can include problems like lichen planus. Wow. So... um, Lichen planus can show up in other places. Today we're talking about the oral form mainly, um, so we'll stay focused there, but it, it can really become a real problem. So a lot of times people are prescribed a steroid, an oral um, topical steroid that they have to put on multiple times a day for weeks. Wow. So there's definitely some problems with that. Right. There's definite side effects with that. Yes. Other things that go on. Yeah, the tissues become thinner, uh, more delicate, or more easily injured. You know, you're you're using the steroid to reduce that inflammatory effect that's going on, and then hoping that it heals up. But corticosteroids, we know they inhibit healing. So while we might be controlling the inflammation, we're creating a whole other problem of thinning those mucous tissues and and the and the skin itself, and, and inhibiting a healing process. Plus, anything that you have to do multiple times a day for weeks, how many times do you think you're going to end up forgetting to do it? Oh, very easily. Yeah, it's, it's you know, especially early on. Right. Yeah. So, um, we actually just did episode 81 of this podcast was specifically about a new study for oral lichen planus in which they compared corticosteroids that you put directly on multiple times a day to getting laser therapy three times a week for the same number of weeks. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. So... They found out that laser therapy was just as effective without all the side effects as having the corticosteroids done. And again, I think it was, I think it was, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was six weeks that they studied this. Uh, it might have even been a little bit less on the laser therapy side. But to be able to have good effects on recovery and healing without the side effects of using steroids. And some people really can't use steroids for that long. Mm-hmm. Some people are more sensitive to them right. or it doesn't work well. That just creates another set of issues. It's just one more thing to do. Yeah, one more thing to do, and it's bothersome. Yeah. You know. Yep. Can't imagine it tastes good either. <laughs> yeah, probably not the most pleasant thing. Although, although not being able to eat is pretty unpleasant, or or, or having the, you know the pain every time you go to eat. Yeah. True. So, um, you know, noted in the study, we'll we'll read a couple of quotes from the study here soon, but it specifically noted that lichen planus. Uh, can do quite well 
uh, with laser therapy. And we saw from, again, it's episode 81. Just go back a few episodes. You'll find that one. It's titled uh, Oral Lichen Planus. Uh, and it talks about brand new study that really looks at comparing the corticosteroid treatment, which is the standard treatment to laser therapy. They come out head to head even, but you know we know there's a lot less side effects right. for laser. Let's see. What's my next one? What's my next one? Okay. Post-operative pain and swelling with wisdom tooth extraction, specifically dry socket. I've experienced that. Have you? Oh, it's painful. I wish I had laser yeah. therapy to, to help with that. Yeah, that is something they note in this study, that healing is accelerated by laser therapy. Right. Dry socket is a condition where the the scab basically that's mm -hmm. supposed to kind of form and seal off the spot where the tooth came out of mm -hmm. that actually gets dislodged or dissolved before it really should be and so then you have exposed nerve endings mm -hmm. you have a lot of pain it delays healing it can go on for a while and it can even lead to an infection or a right. bone infection and that right. can be really scary stuff especially if it's you know it's it's in the head it's near the brain it doesn't have far to go infection wise for it to start affecting your, your central nervous system, which can be, that can be really bad. Lots of domino effect there. Yep. Yep, for sure. So being able to, you know, and that's not that common. It doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen. You've had it happen. I have. I've had, I had a patient text me yesterday. Hey, I've got dry socket, um, you know, and this person already had it for a week. Wow. That's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and there's not a lot you can do there other than, again, maybe throw on an antibiotic type gel. Sometimes it might do a corticosteroid gel, which again, inhibits healing, but at least controls you know, some of the inflammation. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot that can be done there. But specifically, they say that, that you can use laser therapy to speed up the healing, reduce the swelling of, mm -hmm. of like molar extractions, uh, and help with dry socket as well. So um, it's a good thing to, to throw in there real quickly after you get a, a tooth extraction to just help that heal up quicker and it reduces chances of dry socket as well. Yep. So, and again, to go back to laser therapy specifically, there's no risks. Right. Right. So right. what's it going to hurt? It's not going to hurt anything. If anything, it'll help. It, it, exactly. If anything, it will help. Get that, speed up that healing process, mm -hmm. just like most anything else for laser therapy yeah so now everything we've talked about so far i mean typically it's just a few treatments and you can see a good improvement mm -hmm. except for lichen planus is one where you'll start to see those improvements but you do a lot of times have to stick with it for quite a while because it's that autoimmune reaction mm -hmm. but with things like this post-operative pain a lot of times one or two treatments makes mm -hmm. a big difference burning right. mouth syndrome from what from the couple of cases that i've been able to work on same thing makes a pretty rapid difference dry mouth as well um, now the next one though is the orthodontic tooth movement one and I thought this was really interesting because we see more and more adults now with things like Invisalign right. or, or they're using braces to work on you know their alignment um, mm -hmm. and when you're an adult using orthodontics it goes a lot slower than if you're a kid uh, everything goes slower <laughs> as an adult it's true it's true <laughs> And so a lot of times, you know, if a kid only be set up for having braces for a year or so, and that's about it, and all they got to worry about on the adult side, they might have braces for a year or two, mm -hmm. and then retainers and mouth guards or Invisalign type um, arrangements to continue that process because it can take a long time. And mm -hmm. most adults, 
also have more discomfort when it comes to using these these realignment devices. Mm -hmm. So this particular study brings it up. It doesn't go into, into depth, but it does bring up the fact that using laser therapy can accelerate the rate of tooth movement and we know it helps with pain so not only does it make it faster it makes it more comfortable to get that type of realignment done that's fascinating i would never have thought Mm -hmm. to apply that this process to something like that right yeah there's been a few studies that have come out to that talk about it including this one um but yeah very very interesting and obviously that's not something you're going to do just one or two treatments that's probably where you're going to have some some sustained treatment maybe once every week or once every couple of weeks for several months to accelerate that tooth movement but to accelerate that movement and help decrease the pain (laughs) it's worth it oh yeah it's worth it I know for me, when I had braces, I had braces twice. Uh, had them on, got them off, went back on them again when I was like 17, I think. It's terrible. Um, but every time they changed out the wires or real, I mean, I was just like really tender and sore for a couple of days. I would not want to go through that now at almost 40 and having to go through the pain, the discomfort, and, and especially right. now it's not just a year. Now it's like a couple of years of, of waiting which it's is great that you can do it, but that is a long time. So if you can speed that up and make it more comfortable. Why not? Right. Why right. Not? Wow. Now, this, this study doesn't really talk about it, but I wanted to mention this one, just tooth sensitivity. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you get um, some nerve irritation on the teeth or, or you get you know, a piece of food stuck uh, mm-hmm. kind of up underneath the gum. It ends up irritating the nerve, even right. if you clean it. Right. Um, and again, what do you do for that? What do you, you, you can take some medication, I guess, or you just kind of grin and bear it. I had uh, something like that happen just a couple weeks ago. It's real, real tender on this upper, upper left here. Man, I couldn't figure out what I was going to do. I was like, I can go to the dentist, but I'd already seen the dentist. And she had told me, you know, hey, there's nothing really going on there. It's fine. So I thought, man, what do I do? So I lasered it. Mm-hmm. Shocking, right? Felt better instantly. Wow. And I, that was two weeks ago, and I haven't done anything else with it. It's been fine. See, that really doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I mean, there's some things you think, oh, wow, that's fascinating. And it is. Mm-hmm. But then you think, because we know what laser therapy is able to do and the effectiveness and the non-invasive care with laser therapy, it really, I sh- I'm not surprised. That it I shouldn't be surprised, because yeah. I know. I see it every day. But it yeah. was just, it's nice to see but that. But it's nice to see that. Yeah. That, that's so cool. Well, you were kind of mentioning the mechanisms, like how, mm-hmm. how it works, and you know how it works. You've seen it work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're new to phot- photobiomodulation or laser therapy, though, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. So we're talking about using, again, safe and non-invasive, non, um, non-ablative light, and usually in the red or near-infrared spectrum where uh, it can stimulate this change. So this is a good time to go ahead and bring in uh, some of the information from this study. So they say that photobiomodulation is, in essence, a non-surgical therapy associated without any significant tissue hyperthermia or tissue heating or warming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, yep. So they say that the mechanisms associated with photobiomodulation with photobiomodulation may be considered as operating at a local, regional, and systemic level. Intracellular responses include an increase in activity in mitochondrial metabolism, 
and then they go on to be even more technical than that. I'm not going to read that. But essentially, you're speeding up the rate at which cells make energy. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, the cells use that energy to do what they're designed to do, and that is to heal, mm -hmm. repair, repair, reproduce new healthy tissues. And so that's exactly what can happen with these damaged, inflamed tissues in all these different conditions, whether it's just a little bit of nerve irritation or helping those the, the, the tooth move into position faster with less pain or helping the salivary glands produce more saliva like they're supposed to. So this is nothing new either. I mean, what we're doing is new to a lot of people. They haven't heard it before, but right. it's been going on for a long time. From this study, they say, following over 50 years of continued research, a considerable body of evidence has accumulated in relation to the clinical effects of light, and particularly laser light on biological tissues. Uh, they say there are many reported successes in a variety of clinical oral conditions, including pain control and orthodontics. Mm -hmm. the mitigation of aphthous ulceration, <laughs> the management of dentinal hypersensitivity, as well as the prevention and mitigation of cancer, radio, and chemotherapy-related oral mucositis. It's basically what we just said in a fancier way. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a study. They have it's a study. You've got to be fancy. <laughs> um, but they've also seen promising results in the acceleration of the rate of orthodontic tooth movement, as well as to aid in many oral medical conditions like burning mouth syndrome, xerostomia, or dry mouth, and lichen planus. Moreover, there has been considerable interest from the oral surgery community in relation to reducing post-operative pain, trismus, and swelling following third molar extractions, wisdom tooth extractions, as well as in conditioning tissues to achieve optimal healing and regeneration. So, pretty great stuff. Pretty great stuff. Yeah. There's a couple other uh, statements here that I wanted to go ahead and bring up since we are, you know, kind of doing a review here. Um, they they say for one thing that a consistently high level of success have has been recognized with oral mucositis, which is again the multiple mm -hmm. sores that can show up associated with cancer chemotherapy and radiotherapy. So they say this is a little bit though because it is such a superficial condition. So if you think about light, mm -hmm. you're going to shine light on something, right? We're going to shine, shine the light here. You don't think about the light really going through your skin. And most right. light won't. A lot, most right. light bounces right off. But you ever taken a flashlight and put yeah. it behind your hand? You can, you, you, can see it. you can see right through it, right? So some it. of that light makes it through. What color do you see when you do that? You see red. You see red. Mm -hmm. So we know red light in particular can get into the tissues a little bit. But it turns out invisible infrared light does way better so it almost shoots straight through the tissues and can get into the deeper tissues if you're using the right power and the right color of infrared light and so these guys are saying hey we've seen these results in oral mucositis where you've got a very superficial all these different sores we know that works well because it's very superficial getting the deeper tissue results it's a little bit more complicated and what they end up saying, and I'm just going to summarize it because it's way too technical, okay. but they say that to get a good result in deeper tissue problems, things like orthodontic tooth movement mm -hmm. or dry mouth when you're trying to stimulate the salivary glands mm -hmm. or even burning mouth syndrome, um, uh, reducing swelling, nerve irritation, where you need to get past the skin, right. through the gum. You need to get into the tissues. Deeper into the tissue. You need a l higher power laser with a larger spot size. Okay. So you need to cover a large spot. So if you think about a laser and a little laser pointer, mm -hmm. a little tiny, that's not what we're talking about here. We need a big 
area to be covered by the laser light mm -hmm. and a high enough power that we can get enough light, a, a treatment dose, into those tissues if we're going to see those good results. Because a lot of times you're talking about going from the outside in. Exactly. Sometimes you will be, you know, actually lasering inside the mouth with a smaller mm -hmm. attachment, but we're talking outside in. Especially for something like, like dry mouth. You mm -hmm. know, the easiest way to get to those glands is to just light this whole area up mm -hmm. from the outside. You can do it right. from the inside too, but if you've got a powerful enough laser and a, with a large Larger. enough spot size that's mm -hmm. got the right color of infrared right. light, you can absolutely get right through the skin, stimulate that gland to produce more, and you can do it right from the outside. So yes, yeah, mm -hmm. in some cases you will go inside the mouth, especially if you've got um, my, my, my tooth sensitivity went right inside the mouth mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. um, burning mouth syndrome, we have to treat inside the mouth and outside the mouth. And then orthodontic tooth movement, you want to treat not the teeth themselves, but but the gum, the gum. along the gum line on the mm -hmm. inside of the mouth. Right. You can also, though, treat from the outside to get into the bone here, which helps the process go faster, whether you're adult or kid. Let's see. It's just all fascinating. I love it. <laughs> it is really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And so, you know, and again, this study is just from last year. So mm -hmm. every year we have more and more new studies that show mm -hmm. us more about not only what we can use laser for, but how to use it, right? It's Getting the dose correct. Advancing so quickly. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so these guys say, you know, there's a lot of requirements to do this right, but that. Uh, a mature appreciation of oral anatomy and pathology, plus a well-developed understanding of laser and light transmission into biological tissues is an essential requirement to a design for clinical success. If you don't understand the anatomy or how these disorders work, if you don't understand lasers and light and how they transmit mm -hmm. through the tissues, your success rate's not going to be good. You can't right. just go out, buy a blue laser pointer, and hope that shining it around <laughs> inside right. your mouth is going to do anything. You need somebody who knows what they're doing. So. Exactly. And that's, cr that's crucial. That you is. You have to know what you're doing. So if you're looking for good, effective light and laser therapies, you can go to lasertherapyinstitute.org. That is our website. You can click on the uh, Our Clinics tab to locate a clinic near you, or you can even get a hold of us and we can try and help find someone in your area. There are a good number of laser dentists out there. Some of them know what they're doing with photobiomodulation, and unfortunately some of them do not. Again, it, this is still new to a lot of people. But if you're having trouble finding someone near you and you want to try laser therapy for any of the conditions that we talked about today, you can certainly get a hold of us. You can email us directly, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. Christy, yep. thanks for joining me today to let me talk at you. Thank you. Very fascinating. <laughs> interesting. Awesome. Interesting. Good. All right. Catch you next week. Two weeks, I guess. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yep. See you in two weeks. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>